Okay, this brings us to Janet's case study. And remember, a case study is an IEP. You will be writing your five-paragraph essay, and you're going to make it look like an IEP. The lesson plans are going to be really, really compact and, and really short. Uh, one thing that I certainly would advocate uh, that you uh, take advantage of is, let me uh, go to the next page here. I guess I wasn't too prepared. Well, what you're going to do is an outline. And remember, it's a five-paragraph outline. One, two three, A and B, and then paragraphs four and paragraphs five. Do let's remember that paragraph one contains strength one, strength two. We're going to have a major issue. The major issue will be either the child is at grade level with a couple of problems or is well below, i.e. not at grade level if there are substantial problems. Paragraph four is where you're going to put lesson A and a benefit and you'll put in lesson B and a benefit. Don't forget your list of words, if you would, please. You want to look at things like, oh, you can start way back in concepts about print, phonemic awareness. You can also do beyond the foundations, letter sound correspondence, onsets and rhymes, the phonics rules, and polysyllabic words. Can you tell I've done this before? Sight words and fluency. And it should just come off the end of your pen uh, as easily as it came off of mine. After that, check literal comprehension, inferential comprehension, evaluative comprehension, and finally, higher level vocabulary. Look in area C and just remember that you'll check things like, um, like prefix, suffix, root, and you'll also be looking at contextual words. Contextual words like homophones, homographs, homonyms, etc. Okay, now that we're armed with our outline and our list of words, what we do is we go back to the data set and just do a survey. And you can see right in here that you have narrative text. It's uh, called The House on Haunted Hill. I'm not reading this to you because you're capable of reading. Some children are going to go find a ghost. An older brother is going to lay and wait for them and scare the children when they arrive. Whoopee. Now, next, we see that the child is fluent. And once you find fluency, remember that's the first thing that you check. That can be your first paragraph, that this child is, in fact, fluent. Go through and analyze why this child is fluent. Look for things like onsets and rhymes. Look for things in onset position, like you can see right here that the child's got a blend and even a digraph in the word breath, all contained in one word. There are some uh, phonics rules in here, like EE e vowel digraphs, for example. Uh, there's there are inflectional suffixes. There are, are polysyllabic words like flashlight. That's you know, a compound word that's polysyllabic. When you read the next data set down here, um, you're going to find strength two. You wouldn't know that unless you read it, of course, but all of the teacher's um, literal questions right here are answered correctly, so strength two will be literal comprehension. The weakness, the major need, is going to be in here. The major issue in paragraph number three would be this. You could say that the child is at grade level but lacks inferential comprehension, so I'll put inferent inferencing problems or infer problems or whatever you want to put. I mean, this is just so easy. You know, it really is. Now, you've got to support that with A and B. Well, why is this kid, 
child making bad inferences? Well, one reason is that the child skips details. That's why. And even right here, you get an indication where it says cool to the idea that there's a vocabulary problem, maybe with homo nims. There are multiple meaning words. We'll need to check that to be sure, because don't just rely on, on two pieces of data from the, uh, the case study. Uh, try to rely on more than that. You look right here, and when you read the reading log entry, you can see that the child is having problems with prediction. That's part of inferential comprehension. Um, child's not processing details correctly. Uh, the teacher notes, you'll want to read those, but maybe they, you don't even need them. And in this case, we don't, because when we turn the page, we can see plainly that this child does have some problems with uh, words that are contextual. And we looked at this individually last time. These were, remember, uh, when we went through vocabulary, these are our homophones. You could write a close activity for those if you wanted to. You could do these uh, words that the child's having problems with, which are homographs, and just do Pictionary for it. The one that I would recommend that you write, however, I would address this child's problems with uh, homonyms. And the activity that I'm going to do for homonyms is going to be a semantic map. And just remember what a semantic map looks like. You've got all the different associations and definitions that are associated with it. Okay, so I think that we can jump back to our uh, checklist. Oops, I put the answer up. We can jump back to our checklist, and I wouldn't bother with concepts about print or PA, but you could certainly write about letter sounds, rhymes, rules, polysyllabic words, and sight words, and that's why the child is fluent. And this child has literal comprehension of narrative text, but lacks inferential, lacks evaluative, and is having problems with homonyms and homophones and homographs, but we're just going to do a lesson for homonyms. Strength one, child's fluent. Strength two, has literal comprehension issue, lacks inferential. The reason the child lacks inferential is because the child skips details, which is what these kids do. B, we have a homonym problem lesson for this. It's narrative text, everybody. Do a story map. And the story map is going to address the details problem. Lesson B, do a semantic map. Do both of them because they are uh, multi-sensory. So lesson A d addresses details. Lesson B addresses the homonyms. And that does say homonyms in there, believe it or not. All right, well, going to the answer, I, it's really just straightforward. I mean, look, I would be using headings like this, strength one and strength two. I say Janet's first strength is with uh, fluency on grade-level narrative text. When asked to read the narrative passage aloud, she had several pauses before polysyllabic words, but did not, did not have any trouble with blends or digress and onset position, common rhymes or sight words. Her assessment revealed uh, on decoding also supports this fact as she reached the fourth grade benchmark. Thus, Janet's fluency is strong, and she should have, good sh uh, have enough short-term memory available to comprehend what she reads. I would put example blends and diagraphs and common rhymes and sight words in there. Just be sure that you got six sentences in paragraph uh, one and six sentences in paragraph two. And I don't want to read all this to you, because you can read it. I quote directly from the teacher notes. I say that she's on target for literal comprehension. And then I state my major issue. She's got problems with uh, inferential comprehension and 
particular uh, types of uh, words found in stories, like homonyms. I give examples of where she's misinterpreting narrative details that relate to inferential comprehension. And then I <clears throat> also give um, examples of her lack of homonyms. And so go ahead and do that. And you can say major issue in the case here if you want. And then here's my lesson A and my lesson B. All I'm going to do is a story map, and here it is. My story map is described right here. I say, first, Janet and I would read the passage together and highlight details. Second, we would organize them into past, present, and future. Then we would discuss what's happening in the past and present and make predictions about the future. We would write our predictions down, and then we would confirm or deny our predictions based on the text. All I did to open it was say, need A. Her problem is inferential comprehension, so that's what I'm going to address first. And then my state the benefit. The benefit is that it makes the narrative text concrete. She can see the details, organize them, and then use the text to confirm or deny her predictions. Pretty easy. With uh, homonyms, here's what we're going to do. We're going to use a semantic map. We're going to show her the homonym play. We're going to discuss its meaning, and then we're going to fill out a graphic outline. Now, it's hard to see this, but it just says play. Play is right in the middle right here. We have make music. We have have fun, we have go to the theater. So it's really pretty easy stuff, very, very easy. Okay, so we fill this thing out, and then we're going to make sentences out of them, and then we're going to apply the same strategy and then have her write it up. The benefit of the activity is that it makes the semantic relationships among these words visual and concrete. She's going to learn multiple meaning words by seeing, organizing, and writing them in sentences to improve her multiple meaning word vocabulary, i.e. homonym vocabulary. Alright, so that one's really easy. There's really not much to it. These things go really, really quick, and you should be gaining confidence in your ability to write up IEPs because um, you've seen enough of them now. Um, next thing we got to do is just get through uh, narrative and expository text lesson plans, not IEPs, and we're going to do that next.